new, relatively new, sermon series called The Way Forward. Appropriate, because we're about to vote to determine the way forward. It's almost like somebody thought about that. I don't know. Uh, the Way Forward goes like this. Last week we talked about our mission. We're going to talk today about our values. And then we're going to talk about our vision, our leader. And then I thought it would be appropriate to stir up a little home family spirit with the VR word serve. So that'll be the wrap up to the series. Uh, today we're going to start with our values, and if you think about it, values uh, really determine what we do. And, and if you are a Facebook or Instagram follower, you saw a post yesterday that said, what does your to-do list say about your values? Because we can say we value certain things, but unless we're actually doing them, is it really a value? Or is it just a, are we saying that because we think we should say that? Are we believing that because we think we should believe that? But we really do other things. There's a reason that we have pithy sayings like actions speak louder than words, because what we do reflects what we value. I don't know how many people are familiar, how many people have heard of Simon Sinek? Awesome, this will go well. So, (laughs) I wouldn't expect you to. Uh, He's a leadership expert, a secular leadership expert. He's also British American, I thought I'd throw that out for y'all. he has done, he started a seminal work in 2009 called Start With Why. And he talks about business leadership psychology and, and marketing and selling primarily, but there's some serious spiritual principles I want to pull out today. Here's a picture of Simon uh, giving one of his famous speeches. And the thing that makes it unique is he, he always says, start with why. If you think about the, the, the question why answers what it is you value. Why do you do what you do? If you get to that question, you found what you value. And he says, I don't know if you can see this, these three circles that he's drawn, the outmost circle says what? So he's talking to business organizations, but I'm talking to the body of Christ. So just make that little jump with me. What do you do? And then the next circle up is how do you do that? And he's talking strategy primarily. And then the center of the bullseye is why do you do that? And he says that we often communicate from the outside in. And especially in, in business and marketing, but I would also offer we communicate from the outside in when we try to make disciples. You know, think about this. Uh, and think about something that you've really bought into. Like, I'm committed, die hard, I will do this no matter what. I bet you have penetrated the out, outer two layers and made it to why. Because if there's, just think about that thing that you're really bought into. Somebody told you what it was. You probably figured out how to do it. But you've also probably answered, why do I do this? Why is this important to me? And if you've answered it, I bet you're still doing it. And if you haven't answered why, I bet you're not doing it anymore, or you do it sporadically. Are we registering? Is this resonating with people? Uh, okay, let me give you a concrete example. Uh, I'm going to use church speak here for just a second. What do we do, word serve? Serve. We make disciples and we serve. That's true. We make disciples. That's what we do. How do we do that? Hey, good one. What else? Serve the Lord. Serve? Talk to to who? Uh, So you're basically saying the same thing. Talk to people, spread the gospel. Good, good. Relationships. Relationships. And at Worcester specifically, those relationships start with this one. And it goes to this one. We call them community groups. Good. What else? How, how do we do this making disciples? Share the Lord. Share the Lord. Good. What was it? 
invite them to come. Absolutely. Scripture, yeah, I knew it was going to come out eventually, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what we do, we make disciples. Fair enough, okay? How do we do that? Well, we read the scripture, we pray, we invite people, we have relationships, we serve in the community. You want to join us? Maybe. I mean, it sounds appealing. But see, I've never, in all my years in church work, rarely do we get to that third level. Why would I do that? The better question is, start with, why would I follow Jesus? If we can answer that, then I think we've got a more successful engagement and a more vibrant life, by the way. Now, I want to pause there for a second, put a pin on that, we're going to come back to it. But I want to go into the scripture here. We're going to go into 1 John today. That's not one that um, uh, is most commonly read. I have stalled. Can you advance one slide, please? Or maybe we could. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> here we go. So uh, 1 John, now this is not John, the, the Gospel of John. This is 1 John. He wrote some letters later as epistles. So if you look at the very back of your Bible or your app, you will see 1 John chapter 4. The, the context of this, John is writing to a church that is struggling uh, with its beliefs because there is a, a form of Gnosticism, which is uh, knowledge, basically. Uh, Knowledge-based false prophets that are coming through and meeting people straight from the teachings of Christ. So they're, for example, questioning the divinity of Christ. Did he really raise uh, back to life? Uh, they're sowing seeds of dissemination. They're, they're sowing dissent in, in the church. So John is writing to say, hey, look, stick with what you know. Uh, Jesus is Lord and Savior, and there's a most important thing. So as I read these, I want you to see if you can pick up on what the common theme that John is using to counteract false prophets and false doctrine. See if you can pick up on it. He says, turn on the right spot. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete. I'm skipping ahead to verse 19. We love because he first loved us. If we say we love God, yet hate a brother or sister, we are liars. For if we do not love a fellow believer whom we have seen, we cannot love God whom we have not seen. And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love one another. These are the words of God for the people of God. And for these words, we are grateful. Do you pick up on a theme there? What would be the theme of, of John's counteraction to this false teaching of false prophets? God is love. Right? God is love. That's as simple as we can make it. Absolutely. Um, but here's the thing. It's not just love like we think of love. Like, I love pizza. That's not what God loves. Uh, I love sports. Not the same thing. God's love. And how do we pick up on this? First of all, uh, I want to point out there in the very last verse that we read, verse 21, he has 
given us a new suggestion. He has given us a new idea. No, he's given us a new command. There's no option. There's no wiggle room here. If uh, those who love God must also love one another. So we've got to figure out how do we love one another the way that God loves. So the next logical question is, well, then how does God love? What does that mean? What is God's love? And how do we love with that? I want to flip back to verse 10 for just a second because to me this is the key to the whole thing right here. This is the why that you're looking for. Here's verse 10 one more time for you. This is love. See, John's not mincing any words. He's not going, you know, wishy washy, you're going to know this is love. If you ever question, this is it. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Sometimes when we read, when we read words in the Bible, uh, they, they don't really make sense because we don't use these words today, like atoning sacrifice. What is an atoning sacrifice? Well, an atoning sacrifice, yeah, I think we get the idea of sacrifice, but the atoning part. So if you've ever wondered what the word atonement means, picture the, brain, uh, picture the word in your brain, atonement, A-T-O-N-E-ment. All right, now break the word apart. change relationships. 
Relationships that have been damaged, relationships that have been severed, relationships that are hard. God's love can change that. God's love can change addiction. I've seen it. I've seen people who are hopelessly addicted. Going down a road that you know is no good. And for some reason, you know, whatever the psychological or the medical treatments, I'm not downplaying those. Those are important too, as part of a holistic approach to getting well. But you know, the number one thing that always amazes me is when a former addict comes and says, I don't even have the desire anymore. I don't know how that happened. And, and that's usually the point where I say under my breath, I don't know how it happened. You found God. You found Christ. God's love changes things. God's love doesn't come and say, do whatever, do, you know, be yourself. Uh, every, every time that God interacts with someone and he seeks out that lost person, it's always for the point of reconciliation and bringing back the at-one-ment. And it cost him his life. How could you not love that? I can't not love that. God's love doesn't necessarily change the circumstances. The circumstances may still be bad because we live in a fallen world, but God's love changes your perspective on those circumstances. God's love can change your outlook on those perspectives. <clears throat> God's love changes everything. That is our value. <clears throat> that is our value as Jesus followers. God's love. The love that changes everything. Now, specifically at WordSurf, you may not be aware of this, but we do have a whole strategy in charge of the eye test that I, I would be happy to hand it out through. You can find it probably on the website. Um, we actually have values, and don't you know they spell out serve? So here's the values as, as we see them. Uh, the S stands for seeking God's will is our first priority, and that's love. That is priority. And the Bible even says in Matthew chapter six, seek what first the kingdom of God. And all these other things that you worry about will be added to you. That's priority. That's that's why. Embracing transformation is God's ultimate work. Transformation makes us new. It doesn't just make us an upgrade a little better, like Bill version 2.0. No, it makes me feel new, new in Christ. Why do we struggle so much against this transformation? And I'll tell you why I did. It was pride. I, I kind of liked what I was doing. I liked who I was, independent of Christ. There's just a few problems with that. That's not the way I was wired. And it wasn't going to go well. I kept going in that direction. Embrace the transformation. Let Christ do his work in you. Let the Holy Spirit shape you and move you. Become new, not just upgraded. The R stands for risk-taking, sacrificial worship. Risk-taking. You think Jesus took risks? You think the disciples took risks? You think the early church took risks? Man, we are one of the most risk-averse organizations I know. Let me prove it to you. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I just want you to ruminate on this. Let's go talk to somebody about Jesus. What? Uh, you, you can't do that, right? That's, that's too much. That's asking too much. With Jesus on the cross, I'm sorry, you're asking too much of me to talk about you? Are you kidding me? Now, we'll justify that. Oh, people that alienate me. And? <laughs> or or uh, I don't know enough. Who did Jesus recruit for his disciples? Rhodes scholars? Everyday people. 
can't talk about that work there at policies. Fair enough. I don't want to get you fired. That's not my goal. But you know what you can do? Remember what we said earlier, actions speak louder than words? Why don't you just live your testimony? People are going to notice. And people are going to start asking. Now, if they ask you, that's different. Hey, you ask me. I'm answering your question. Talking about Jesus. I can't come out and say that at work because of policies, but I can certainly respond to your question. And you can certainly see a different life. Life is different. But it's risky. You might not get invited to all the parties. You might not be on the Snapchat piece. Whatever. That's the best I can do. <laughs> B. Vibrant relationships is life-giving community. This is one of the things that we're seeing right now. And I'm not talking relationships like how's everything going? Fine. That's not a vibrant relationship. That's a polite relationship. We don't have to be polite when we're with family. You know that, right? At words are vibrant relationships. Me, if I'm having a bad day, I can talk about that. If I'm having a question about my faith, I can ask that question. And nobody's going to ostracize me or throw me out this door or never talk to me again. If I'm struggling with work, with uh, my family, with my relationships, whatever, I can talk about that. That's a vibrant relationship. That's a life-giving relationship. This isn't just a, hey, how you doing? Everything's fine. Plastic smiles organization here. This is real life. And it can be vibrant. Finally, elevating others is God's masterpieces. One of my favorite sayings is the rising tide lifts all boats. There's enough trash talk. There's enough division. There's enough polarization. There's enough tearing down in society today. We don't need to add to that. In fact, we need to counter that. God's love can change that. God's love can change the way I think. God's love can change the way I speak. God's love can change the way I act. Maybe it's time that we adopted that kind of love. And if so, maybe we found our, our why, our value. Because if you go out to ask people, uh, you know, let's just take an example. I want these fine young people that I met in a coffee shop, not really, it's a soft food, <laughs> but pretend with me, right? Hey, uh, I would love to tell you about words or we make disciples. We read the Bible, we pray. We, uh, we schedule things like service projects and, and we do community groups, so that's more stuff on your calendar. Want to join us? Who's going to take me up on that offer? Yeah, nobody. So let's back out. And instead of talking from the outside in, let's talk from the inside out. Let's start with why, as Simon Sinek says. Hey, God's love changes everything. But let me tell you about a time in my life where God's love changed everything. And tell your story. Tell how God has changed you. God's love changed my relationship. God's love changed these things that I was struggling with all these years. I, I feel like a burden has been lifted from me. I feel free. I, I don't feel guilt and shame anymore because God's love changes that. You know how I, I discovered that? I, I met with some people, and I read the scripture, and I prayed, and I felt that God's love was making a difference in my life. And in that whole process, this is what we do at Word Service. We pray, and we get together, and we meet, and we talk about these things. And in the process, we, we learn to follow Jesus, and we obey his commands, so we make disciples. Want to join us? Do you sense a difference? No. Okay. <laughs> yes. It changes everything. I'm telling you, if you start with why, 
Not only will you do it when nobody's looking, but it will transform you. It won't make you version 2.0. It will make you new in Christ. That's what the world needs now. The world needs love. God's who modeled that love, that perfect love. Thank you also for his sacrifice, the one that makes us at one once more who will accept that gift. God, help us to live fully into that. Help us to understand what you've done for us. And help us to love, not follow out of duty, not focus on what and how to the detriment of our relationship with you, but focus on why. Your love. The love that surpasses understanding and gives more than you got for sure. In the hopes that we would respond. God, may we respond this morning. In Jesus' name.